Monica Brinkman, and with me this evening is Kenneth Ween, co-hosting. Hi, Ken. Hi, Welcome Monica. to the show. Hi, Monica. Great to be and, here. Uh, oh, gosh. We are always happy to have you as a co-host, Ken. Really enjoy it. And it is Thursday, the 16th of August, and we have a really exciting show planned this evening because we're going to delve into a little-known genre called speculative fiction, and uh, it's fast-growing, and a lot of people aren't quite sure what it is, and we're going to be talking with our special guest this evening, Patty Hallstrand, and we'll tell you a little bit about Patty in a few minutes. Uh, First of all, though, Kent, isn't today a day we should be remembering a very, very special musician? I would guess that you are talking about one of my favorites, Elvis Presley, who, who this is the anniversary of his death. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a big Elvis fan. I, I used to love to, to go and kind of watch his, those movies. They didn't have much plot, but boy, I love the music. Did you and, like uh, House Rock? That was great. One of my yeah, favorites. Yeah, it was. Mine too, and then and then of course a couple other people died on this day. And, oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, the music, one of my all-time favorite soundtracks in the movies is the Last King of Scotland, and that is of course about Idi Amin, who yeah, this is right. the anniversary of his death. Now, now that. You know, to me, um, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> I have to admit. I mean, I don't wish anybody did, but, but if, as people know, he is pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, then another, yeah. Then I, I, I know that supposedly another person died. This is the anniversary of another famous person's death, but not for me. Okay. And that person is Babe Ruth. Now, I say uh, he, this is not the anniversary of his death for me because I'm from Boston, and hey, let's be real here. When when he was traded to the Yankees, that ended it. I mean, that's the yeah. day that we mourn. All of us yeah, was, here. It was sad. I know if anybody has ever watched any of the documentaries or the movies they made about his life, it, you know, it ended quite sadly. For such a great yes. man. Well, mm-hmm. my goodness. <laughs> a lot of people sharing birthdays. Um, okay, so we're talking about speculative fiction, and one part of that is sci-fi. And I want to see if anybody agrees with us, any people in the chat room. These are the most unintentionally funny sci-fi movie lines. They're very short, so I won't be long saying them. This is from Spider-Man. He goes, yes, Peter, 
I am you, and you are me, and this is a gun. <laughs> People found that very hilarious. I like this one, though. It's from Star Trek Voyager. Get the keys to sick bay. Okay, what was that all about? <laughs> it, must been, it must have been blue cheese, and they needed to treat it <laughs> Yeah, it was bruised, right? <laughs> then we have one from Mortal Kombat, Annihilation. Mother, you are alive. Too bad. You will die. <laughs> mm. yeah, I tell you. And I don't quite get this one, but people, I, I presume, found it hilarious because it made the top list, and it's from Lord of the Rings. Legolas is Captain Obvious. I guess you had to see the movie and <laughs> understand yeah. that. And then we have one with Star Crash. Imperial Battleship, halt the flow of time. I wish we could do that sometimes. Einstein would have liked that one. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Absolutely. And I've got one more. It's from Blade Runner. She's trained for an off-world kick murder squad. Talk about Beauty and the Beast. She's both. That must have been another one that you had to, <laughs> had to see. Okay, well, anyway, uh, tonight we're going to be looking at speculative fiction, what it is, what makes it different from other genres, and how it is growing in popularity. We are so pleased, Ken and I, to have as our guest Patty Holtzgren. She's a dedicated author, reader, and managing editor of Connotations News Zine. Now, Patty has been writing since the seventh grade when her English teacher took an active interest in her poetry and short story writing. Her first love became science fiction when she was introduced to the works of Ray Bradbury, as many of us were. Phantom bit her when she actually met the man behind the works in 1987 at a special engagement speech in none other than Phoenix, Arizona. Now, Patty has been involved in the printing publishing industry for nearly 18 years, including having published her own magazine on Arizona graphics and marketing. In 2008, she launched AZ Publishing Services and has since published over 50 books, quite an accomplishment. Her own writing has not languished, and her third book in the Chasing Time series was launched in 2011. And Patty accepted the appointment to Connotations in September of 2011. And she said that she has not looked back since. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Patty. How are you this evening? I'm great, Monica. How are you guys doing? Oh, wonderful. <laughs> oh. I've been waiting, waiting for you to come on the show because speculative fiction is one of my favorites, um, and, and I understand that it encompasses quite a few genres. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Could you tell and us a little I, bit I about think it that? Also, it also been growing uh, because I think that the genres are getting, uh, there are more of them, and they wind up sticking underneath the speculative fiction because it's a broad area. 
and I think also because people who read uh, speculative fiction are very widely read. I've known a lot of them through all, all the different conventions I've, I've gone to over the years, and we all love a lot of variety. So because of that, I think speculative fiction has become a very broad market. Yes, one of the reasons I love it is because um, you can find almost anything within it. And I think it gives the writer such creativity. Now, one of the things that people always tell me, and you hear this a lot from the traditional publishing houses, is uh, they're not interested because it would be too difficult to market it, to place it in a bookstore. Because yeah. many of the speculative fictions cross over into more than one genre within one book. That's, that's yeah, definitely but, true. But and, you become uh, so successful. I mean, how did how do you, how did you get over that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of interesting how how you know, the industry has changed recently to the fact that you know the big the big companies still don't know what exactly we want to read. <laughs> so that only led to more small presses being you know being started because again we you know we as readers wanted to read something other than what they were offering, and that's one reason why we got into cross genres because this is what we want to read, so you would think that the big houses would actually you know get the clue yeah, you think they'd embrace <laughs> that you know yeah exactly. They're just barely starting to understand that, hey, you know, maybe we, we should allow for cross-genre and uh, outside of the normal realm of, of writing. Uh, and so because of that, it, it was fine. You know, the big guys can stay off their in the corner if they want to. It has allowed uh, for the small presses to really hit the market with a lot of different varieties. What I never understood is why couldn't they have a place in a bookstore just called speculative fiction? It would kind of make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was a no-brainer, you know. (laughs) You would think that would make sense, you know. But as we know know, from uh, the particular industry, not everything makes sense in this industry. (laughs) But people do something one way. They're never willing to try another way, and and that's part of what makes speculative fiction so great is actually because it's asking people to think outside the typical box as writers, yeah. as readers, and and exactly. as distributors. So because of that, the the big companies don't think outside the box. They think whatever is popular today is going to be popular tomorrow which is just not the case. No, I mean, I I like vampire, you know, books, but that isn't the only thing I read, and and it seems like that's all we were getting for a long time. Right, because, again, they got got onto one thing. It's kind of like a bone. The dog said, hey, I like this bone. I want to eat the same bone. And so they keep chewing on that same bone. They don't say, hey, maybe we should get some variety with this. Maybe we should you know, try something else, uh, you know, expand on it. So we keep getting this, you know, vampires. Yes, there are a variety of different vampires, but that's not the only thing that we readers want to read about. Right. So you I mean, get things outside the norm. 
so you know, what, what I, can people expect in your magazine um, when they subscribe to it or when they would look at your website? Uh, well, we have a the website is a, a truncated version of of what we have in the newspaper. We take some of the feature articles um, or you know something that's kind of timely and put it up online, but the whole entire magazine in color. So what I do as a designer, as, as well as a managing editor, is I do it two ways. One is obviously I have to print this thing, so it's going to have to be in black and white because that's all we can afford. So uh-huh. I I will first design it in color. So I first design all the pictures and everything in full color, and then come back and t- and, and uh, change out all the pictures with black and white versions for the printing. It's extra work, but I think marketing-wise, it's, it's, it's a lot better to give off uh, readers a more variety of how they want to read it. Yeah. Especially now with people reading online and on their phones. And, One of the things I really love about... You, go ahead, Ken. I'm sorry. One of the things I really love about connotations, and again, it's about how you think outside the box, is it's not in a magazine format. It actually is in a newspaper format, and it yeah. really I love it because I, I've always I've always been an avid newspaper reader. Now it's hard to find them, um, but you know this is it has the feel and the look and the, the whole sensitivity of a well done newspaper, and I think that's yeah, kind of outside the box too. Well, we almost went under about a year ago. Uh, we didn't have enough advertisers when I took on the, you know, the uh, managing editor position, and they wanted to, to change from the from the newspaper format to a more magazine format with glossy paper and all this, you know. Uh, but they didn't have a budget for it, and I said, "Are you crazy?" He says, "You guys are only being charged like twelve cents a piece for this." So. You know, why in the world would you want to go to a more expensive format? Uh, exactly. Newspaper still is, still, still is the fastest way to print because it's, it's done on a huge web press. So newspapers are still the cheapest format for any media. And because of that, I, I said, look, so I think you guys need to just focus on more content, more advertisers, instead of worrying about what print format you're you're working on because I think that Everybody still loves the newspaper format. I know I do. Oh, I do, so. too. I, that's, I was really <laughs> impressed with it. Um, everything is going to this glossy magazine. And, um, in fact, yeah. the variety that you have in your magazine um, amazed me. Um, I thought it would be much smaller. I didn't think you would have the content that you have in it. And... Um, Yes, it's yeah, advertising, but there's a lot of content, though, where you won't see in many, many of these types of magazines. I, I totally agree with you. I've seen some newspapers that were more like 70% advertising and only you know 30% or less content, and I just don't think that's right. You got to have you got to have a good mix of you know obviously the newspaper has to has to survive, it has to be paid. By advertising because we don't take any any money otherwise for it, so it survives strictly on advertising and has survived on advertising. You don't have you ever thought? Or, uh, 
or uh, um, the, the magazine for people who want to get it delivered to them and all that? Well, we mail, are you talking about mailing it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, we mail it to uh, all the conventioners, you know, the people who come to the to the science fiction, fantasy, and, and art conventions in, in the area. And so mm-hmm. we we ship it all over. Uh, we ship it all, over, all around the country to those who have been at one of our conventions. So you, you it's a free subscription for them? It's a free. Well, see, obviously what we're saying is, is you come to our convention, you're paying money to get in as a member. Right. So right. because of that, we're we're offering you the newspaper. And so, how about other people who want to subscribe to it because they see it online are, and they'd like print copies? Yeah, we're working on we're working on that part. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, the, the board's got to see eye to eye with me on that one. But <laughs> oh, I think a lot of people would love to read this. And yeah, I think it could really um, grow. <laughs> yes, it could really grow I, I because could, I think that the popularity of of the fiction has has really risen, and uh, it's, it's now cool to be a geek. <laughs> it is. And I, I mean, I, I could see this, mag- you know, your magazine going to many different states and maybe even worldwide at some point. So um, I think that I you, you had a great, great idea in not giving up and hanging in there because, um, I mean, Speculative fiction. Um, what well, could you tell everyone a little bit about what it consists of? Though I, I, I know we have said well, it's different genres and that type of thing, but could you give them a few examples? Sure. Uh, one of the biggest ones right now is obviously zombies and and anything apocalyptic. Apocalypse is a big, big, huge area right now. That not only in, in uh, obviously newspaper, but a lot of books. A lot of movies, a lot of television shows are, are apocalyptic in nature. And what I mean by that is that it's of the near future, uh, something that could possibly happen. Uh, falling skies is, is apocalyptic because it's you know you've got your aliens that come and, and try to and take over our world. Uh, that's apocalyptic in nature because it's it's man versus something else. So uh, right. apocalypse is also also that um, yeah I just suddenly went blank. Anything zombie related, which there's a lot of right now, um, is all apocalypse because it's something that could happen because of something man did towards themselves. So that's all apocalypse, uh, and that's a big genre right now. And I can see why with. It. 2012 and <laughs> everything. Right. Yeah. It does all fall in line with with that, and and even the Mayan calendar. Anything about the Mayan calendar um, is falls in that same apocalyptic uh, view, and so therefore it goes under the header of secular fiction. Now I do know that a lot of people have their uh, opinions <laughs> on what secular fiction really means. Yeah, but we have a, a wide variety of, of things that we put into that. And uh, as, a, as a group, they said, you know, we might have to actually write it down <laughs> because it's too huge. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. The paranormal could be put in there. Um, oh, paranormal. 
Yeah, yes, so um, you, even your even your romance, which you're you're talking about vampires and and zombies, vampires and werewolves, that is also speculative fiction in nature because it's not something that's not the normal, um, it's not on a normal banner. So you can most of the time put anything uh, werewolf or vampire because it's paranormal under speculative fiction. Uh, maybe we should at this point uh, just tell people again where the website can be found or how they sure. can get a hold. Yeah. Well, if you go under CASAS, which is the mother company of the organization, it's C-A-S-S. Go right to it. So um, it's this nonprofit organization, so C-A-S-F-S.org. That's that's uh, Candy, Apple, Sally, Fred, Sally.org slash connotations. That's two ends. Right. And that'll come to, that'll get you straight to the connotations. Now, if you want to take a look at the mother organization, then, then you can stay on org. But on the left on the left side of that screen, it says connotations. You click on there and hit the same page. Okay, great. And what is, what is, what is that organization? What is that an acronym for? C A S F S. That is, oh, you would do that, me. Central Arizona Science <laughs> Fiction Society. <laughs> Central Arizona Science Fiction Society. Yeah, but yeah. we do. Yeah. We we do. Even though you and I both happen to live here in Central Arizona, we do know that science fiction and speculative fiction and those kind of things are relevant to people that live outside of our little area and that you will entertain a submission, say, from if, if there is an alien living in Roswell, New Mexico, or uh, a creative writer living in, in my hometown of Boston, Massachusetts, that, that these are will be looked at and also they are welcome on the website. We don't have a border yeah. fence around that website. Ah. Okay. Well, we do Quite book reviews as well. So we've done we've done book reviews for 22 years. So. Um, and how, how would someone go, go about um, getting a book contacting review? you? Yeah, for a review or even um, hopefully being in your magazine one day. <laughs> yeah, that's not coming at all. Um, uh, under. If you find the connotations newsing page on the right side, it says letters to the editor. You can contact me through that way, or you can go to uh, editor at Cassis, as you know, again, C-A-S-F-S dot org. Editor at Cassis dot org. That's the email that goes to me, and I, I take a look at uh, I take a look at all news, all books that can come possibly come to me. I do get all the major um, publishers that send us books. I got I got a bins and bins of books here. So <laughs> one thing I didn't like about moving was having to move all these books at the same time. But uh, I, I got a lot of books. How many? How many people do you have reading them? My goodness. <laughs> um, I've, I have increased the number of of, of uh, reviewers quite a bit in the last. Last few issues because we're, we weren't meeting. I had too many books, so 
I said, well, you know, I need more reviewers. I'm always looking for people who can read pretty quick that will at least be able to review one or two books in, in a two-month period. And, of course, like the same, you know, genres. I mean, they could pick it. I do have a Facebook page uh, for connotations, by the way. So you oh, can yeah. go straight there. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. a Facebook page for, for connotations. It's a group page that you can request to, you know, come in at any time. And that is, give me give you so facebook.com slash groups slash connotations newsing again remember that's two n's c-o-n-n-o-t-a-t-i-o-n-s newsing and just ask to be uh, a member and I'll approve you and I what mm-hmm. I do is I, I offer these books right on that group page for any reviewers that want to take that on for me Oh, all, I ask, all I ask is that they make make a fair assessment and not and not really kill anybody. <laughs> right, right. I, I hate vicious reviewers. I mean, it's okay to say that you know <laughs> wasn't your favorite, but you don't have to be cruel. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, if you if you don't like their work, then you know maybe you should pass it on to somebody else. Yeah, do another one that you enjoyed a lot more. Exactly. Well, excuse me, Penny, I'm sorry. Oh, gosh, I think I know who this is. Hello, hi. Um, um, Ola, is that you? <laughs> well, hello there, Miss Monica. Of course it's me. And I ain't oh. no stranger. No, you're not a stranger at all, Ola. Um, gosh, um... <laughs> okay, Ola, we're talking about speculative. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about tonight. Spectacles. <laughs> Ola, dear, uh-uh, that's not quite it. You see, we're talking about speculative. Now, Miss Monica, I have told you many a curious tale about my family. Well, I'm embarrassed to say that this particular story is about me. Now, as you know, none of us are getting any younger, and I am no exception. Well, let's just say I'm a stubborn old southern gal, and I refuse to admit that one, I am one day older than 40 years of age. <laughs> well, Miss Monica, it was time for my driving license renewal, and I was really nervous. I realized I was a sagging and a bagging in all the wrong places, and I had learned to accept that. But, Miss Monica, I refused to accept that my eyes were getting as bad as well. I refused to wear glasses. You see, the prescription frame choices were considerably limited. Hell, the frames were downright ugly. I did not want to wear such horrid-looking glasses for driving or anything else, much less admit my eyes were fading. I just knew those motor vehicle people would insist that I needed those dreadful spectacles. So, knowing I had to have a legal driving license, I gathered up my courage, Got in my car and sped on down to the DMV. <laughs> well, Miss Monica, as I am driving to my appointment, the sun got in my eyes. It oh, was no. shining so bright I couldn't make out what was right in front of me. Then I see this blurry figure riding on the side of the road. And me being curious, I sidled the car on over to get a better look. Imagine my shock when I heard a loud, angry shout and a dreadful curse, curse words coming from that boy's direction. 
Oh, well, oh. the sun grew back enough so I was able to make out it was a gentleman on a bike, apparently headed in my direction. I had but a, a second to turn my wheel and veer away from him, and my hands were shaking and trembling. Well, I guess the Lord was with me that day, Miss Monica, for I was able to veer away. I only clipped the front wheel of his back. Oh. I was so thankful. I hadn't run over the man, though I do recall seeing dirt flying every which way. Well, by oh, this time, no. I was running late for my appointment and sped off like a bat out of hell. Well, I finally got to the DMV, only to be told by my uh, told that my examiner had called in, uh, saying he'd be a little late. Well, Miss Monica, the next thing I know, I see this poor man straggling in, all dirty and scruffy-looking, and he was rolling in a badly beat-up bicycle. I was horrified, mortified. Oh, Needless, needless to say, on this day, I did not get my driving license. I, I, I can see why. What I did get, Miss Monica, was a severe tongue lashing, and not one, but two citations. One, driving without corrective spectacles, and then one for fleeing the scene of an accident. Oh, Miss Monica, I had no idea I was fleeing anything, let alone that I had caused an accident. Uh, let's just say it was a lesson learned. <laughs> well, Ola, I hope you're now wearing glasses. And Ola, perhaps not only do you need to wear glasses, but I think you need to get a new set of hearing aids. You see, we're not talking about spectacles, Ola. We're talking about speculative fiction, not spectacles. Well, why in the hell didn't you say so? Well, well I, I won't speculate on your time any longer. <laughs> Y'all take care now, you hear? Bye-bye. <laughs> well, bye, Ola. God, I'm speculating you will hear from her again. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I tell you, what a thing to happen. <laughs> That's Ola for us. I'm sorry, Patty. Um, That's okay. She, she gets a little mixed up. She, she's one of our biggest fans. but <laughs> <laughs> so, Someday I think she'll get it right. I hope so anyway. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, Ken, I hear you have a commercial. Okay. I do indeed. It is from the producers of my new um, website, and their name is Book Candy Studios, and they asked me to tell everybody about their back-to-school special. Okay. It's that time of year year again when every parent is scrambling to get their kids ready for school. So the folks folks at Book Candy Studios thought it would be fun to run a back-to-school special for authors. Why should the kids get all the breaks? For a limited time, authors can receive 20% off any order. If you're unfamiliar with what Book Candy Studio does, I'd like to invite you to take, go visit their website, take a look around. They have a lot of great affordable packages that are designed as an add-on to enhance any book promotional program. For example, they do trailers, they set up, uh, produce websites, and they're really delightful folks. And also, feel free to join them on their Facebook fan page, and they have Open Book Friday every Friday, and they invite authors to share their books with the Book Candy Studio fans. 
There's no fee to participate in that. So just reach out to them on Facebook, chat with them, and run your ads. And the visit www.bookcandystudios.com. And I will tell you right. great. That sounds like quite a deal, then, 20% off, huh? Yeah. Have mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. done much reasonable. So I'm sorry. Struggling, the struggling artists can afford them. <laughs> well, we hope. <laughs> we have shy people today in the chat room, but that's okay. Now, Penny, I wanted to talk a little bit about yourself. You're an author. And yeah. do you write in speculative fiction yourself, or do you, are you going to other genres? Well, you know, I think that uh, I've always loved speculative fiction because, you know, as, as you said in my bio, that I fell in love with Ray Bradbury's work. Now, he never considered himself a science fiction writer. He considered himself a writer about people. And mm. so it was kind of interesting how uh, he, he wrote, uh, interesting stories. Obviously, he put these people on very uh, awkward situations and on different planets, which made it more science fiction. So, you know, this is going to show you that you could be a big name in, in, in science fiction, one of the biggest, and still not be, you know, he never considered himself to be that. So, I've always loved uh, speculative fiction, uh, paranormal. Um, time travel is my ultimate favorite. I love anything time travel, and that's one reason I, why I write it. So that's what I got started in, was, uh, and I didn't really know that. Um, when I was younger, I, I you know, read a lot of things. Uh started going to conventions about 20 years ago, uh, so that way I would meet, you know, authors of, you know, science fiction, fantasy, um, some horror I'm not a real big, big fan of horror, but definitely has a place, you know, uh, depending on uh, what kind of horror it is. Mm-hmm. Not in the real dark stuff. So, uh, yeah, so I started writing Pine Travel, and uh like to have some romance in it because, you know, I'm a woman. So <laughs> I like to have a little romance in it with my time travel. Well, of course, we have to have that. <laughs> the hero and the heroine. <laughs> and uh, that's wonderful. Can they find your books on um, the magazine or on your website? Or I have been reviewed there, but I've also on my on our own website, which is azpublishingservices.com, you can find the bookstore there. Also on Amazon. I hear a phone. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's my second phone, and I don't know how to get it off. <laughs> okay, Ken. <laughs> You're ignoring that phone call. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, I should have ignored mine. <laughs> I tell you, Cola. Oh, she's something else. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, I thought when she was talking about spectacles, I thought she was going to bring up these, uh, I think it was Benjamin Franklin's uh, spectacles on Warehouse 13. Uh, oh, that, yeah. That did something weird to le- uh, electricity, had to do with electricity. So, you know, spectacles, you never know. Yeah, I guess uh, maybe she <laughs> was on the right <laughs> topic. She just didn't know it. 
<laughs> now, how would you um for the 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 author is that do you cross over in genre and such how what advice would you give them as far as marketing? Wow, it's a lot. Uh, it's one of the big things that authors just don't seem to know how have a grasp to do is how to market themselves. Um, obviously, getting on shows like this because uh, I think this, you know um, media really is where you should be. Right. Really got to got to have a grasp of uh, how to do interviews on audio and how to do them on video. Uh, video is is the direction that everything's going right now. So you need to find you know your your voice and go into the market and get opportunities. And that's really what you got to do. You got to get out there in, in front of people. They're not going to know who you are if you don't. You are just a, a little back in the sea of water, ocean of water, if you don't go out and do something and uh, be seen on a regular basis or heard yeah, I think on a regular basis. They, they find it so hard, many of them. You know, They love the writing part of it. Mm. But as far as marketing themselves and, and getting their name out, they find it so difficult. And I think some are very timid. They... Yeah, and fearful of going out there and putting themselves in front of people. Because um, I know some people I would love to have on the show, but they're shy and they can't even talk in front of people. Even though we're on a telephone and no one's actually seeing you, but that even is so fearful to them. And well, like I, said, I, can, no I, I tell a few of them a story that um, I hope I would like to share with you. If I could. Sure. I had a I had a, um, a pastor who shared with us that one of his greatest fears was public speaking. Well, you would think, being a pastor, that you would, if you are you terrified of public speaking, you would not become a pastor. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Yet that was his calling in life. So every Sunday. He gets on up on the podium and he's scared to death, or he's you know behind his. Uh, he doesn't get up on the podium anymore. He's usually right in front, you know, walking around, you know, being in front of the crowd. And he he, he shared with us that every single Sunday he's 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 scared, he's frightened. So you gotta you gotta do what you you really love to write. It's not just about writing. No, you gotta you gotta get out there and be in front of people. Yeah, and I know that uh, uh, quite a few publishers, um, even small presses, and, and definitely traditional um, publishers, they want to know your marketing, what you're going to be doing to promote, and how many books you think you can sell, and you know why they should take you on. Yeah, a lot of them uh, do wonder about that, and the thing is, what I what I tell them is, it's, it's not so much that I'm going to be able to sell a lot of your books, but you need to be able to sell your own. Because you're going to make more money on you than I will. So that's really, I'm giving you the opportunity by giving you really good prices on your books so that way you can go out and sell it because you should be proud of your book. It's it's ultimate achievement. And I think you just hit it there. Um, I I think of many authors, they they compare their work with other authors' works. Sure. And they just beat themselves up so much when 
gosh, they have a wonderful read there, a, a great story to tell, but they don't see it because they're comparing it to someone who's maybe doing something completely no. different. And that, you hit it right on the head when you have to have pride in your work and you have to believe yes, in it. Um, Which really drives people insane when people don't spend the time to do the editing because um, one day they're going to find out how badly they did and they'll be embarrassed. And I, I, I hate to see that happen. Yeah, it's a shame. And I mean, I tell people one of the best ways of promoting their work because it's Let's, you know, face it, nobody is going to walk up to your door one day and knock on it and go, are you an author? Did you write a book? You know? <laughs> yeah, no, they so, it's not that way. Yeah. No. <laughs> and, um, well, now, uh, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. I am sure that if you walk down the street and Ola is there, after she runs into you, she will ask you that question. <laughs> yeah, Ola would. <laughs> <laughs> but no one else. But she but probably she's... mistook you for somebody else, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think one of the best things to do is something so simple as getting business cards or a flyer. Now, we're, we all go to the grocery store, you know, we all go shopping and we get gas. And why not just hand these out? Because you never know what that person next to you is looking for or is interested in. That's for sure. I find that I sell more books at a non-bookstore, by the way. So yes. if you if you have a little display at a at a, I've had some some who actually had uh, great numbers by and sales by taking them into uh, gas stations mm-hmm. and putting putting up a little display, and they kept going back every week and giving them more and giving them more, and so they did very well. Yeah, and you're thinking outside the box. I mean, where else do you get so many people that will run into that gas station, which they all have little stores attached to them now, you know, for a soda. And uh, while they're standing there, everybody looks at the counter while they're waiting, you know, for them to uh, do their debit card or whatever. And it's a great place for it, you know. Yeah, Um, yeah, you wouldn't think so, but it is. If you have a good cover, then the best thing to do is not be in a bookstore, be someplace. I agree with you, Ed. Best place to do thing to do is have people seeing that cover, seeing that book, and having it stand out. And they say to themselves, "Gee, I, I bet my kid would like this." Or, "Well, yeah, you know, my cousin Frank out there, and you know, I need to send him a, a, a birthday present." But I bet he'd enjoy this. I mean, and look how many people. Look how many people when they're waiting in line will pick up like you know the Inquirer or Globe or something and browse through it. Well, what if your book yeah. was there? Yeah, you know, and that's, that's the thing. That's why the Inquirer is there. That's why they pay for that space. Mm-hmm. They know that people are going to pick it up there. That's yep. right. So that's a very good idea. And um, there are so many different ways for people to talk about their selves nowadays. And um, so many organizations that they can go to speak and do book signings there rather than I just don't see as many bookstores having real successful book signings unless it's a big name anymore. Right. Uh, I think it's a good experience for people, you know, to have a Definitely. book signing at a bookstore, but 
Um, I, 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 I totally agree with more, you. They reach more people when they're personal with them, uh, you know. So that's what I think anyway. No, I don't totally agree with have, you. That's what you got to do is think outside the box, as Ken said. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing is if you can find... And I, I think this really fits you, Patty. If you can find uh, meeting kind of things, like uh, well, let's say a science fiction convention or something like that, uh, and you can kind of sell your books at that. Why? Oh, yeah. That's one of those things. And and I believe you actually are involved with something like that, aren't you? Yes. Uh, for the last few years, I've been involved with Leprechaun. And I have gone to uh, CopperCons for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. Leprechaun is, 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 is again, a speculative, a speculative in nature, but it's mostly art, but also um, literature. And mm-hmm. last, last year I was the programming director and, well, actually this year, because it's still in 2012, but 2013 I'm, I am the, the co-chair for Leprechaun 39. So Which I'm will be involved. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And of course, I, you know, I I already have people who buy my books that go to the cons on a regular basis, so I have a ready market. Right. Where where is that con- convention going to be held? Yeah, actually, we just got uh, signed in for the Mar- Mesa Marriott, which is downtown Mesa. And Here, that's going to be over. That'd be Mesa, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's going to so be um, over. Those of you who come from other parts of the country, and what time, when is that going to be? That's going to be over Mother's Day weekend next year, so that's May 9th through 13th. What a great time. If if you like this kind of, if you like speculative fiction, and you want a good reason to come to Phoenix in the most glorious part of the year, yeah, what better like reason than to come to that convention, that conference? And if you already live here, well, of course you want to go down to Mesa and take part in it, right? And when you're there, you're going to look for Patty's books, and, and, and you're going to look for Connotations, the, the uh, magazine. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, we definitely have, uh, have that there. Yeah. I just think it's wonderful um, that you have this magazine and the connections and such, and I think so many cities would love to have the same type of thing. Um, are you going to, do you think you might ever reach out to other cities? I would love to reach out to other cities. Uh, the, the issue is obviously how do you make enough money to, to get into other cities? Uh, I keep the advertising as slow, you know, for, as low as I can, so that way authors as well as other small publishers can, you know, um, can also advertise in this really terrific media because you know we get about seven thousand readers. So and that's, that's a lot, yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's a twenty-two-year-old newspaper, so it's been around for quite a while. <laughs> I'm, I, 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 I guess I'm. I guess I'm thinking more about um, them having the same type of newspaper, like having a Connotations, um, let's say, San Francisco edition. I totally agree they, with you, and, and I would love to do that. As it would probably have to be outside of the CASA's uh, um, 
reached because of the fact that that's central Arizona. Uh-huh. Um, but but I would definitely be you know interested in doing a regional is what you're talking about a regional newspaper yes. that reaches outside of Arizona and definitely yeah. would be interested. It would, in doing I, I could just envision um, you know like major cities each having their own edition that um, reflects their artists and writers and events that are happening in their own area. But yeah, your idea and your, and your your Each paper. major city has its own convention, so there's no reason why you know those particular conventions can't be a part of a regionalized mag- uh, newspaper. Yeah, I think they would love it. Yeah, I, I agree. That would be terrific, and, and it's something that I would love love to be a part of. You never know. But right now, there is a place <laughs> right for people to go, and and that's the main thing. I was thrilled when I found out that there was actually a magazine that focused on speculative fiction because um, I don't know about you, Ken, or even you, Patty, but I, I had joined some of these author groups or writers groups, and when I would even bring up speculative fiction, they were horrified, and it was like the lowest <laughs> form of writing they could think of. And <laughs> Well, they, they always they always reduce it in their minds. All they reduce it to is knock off werewolf television programs or something. But now I would say that your book, Turn of the Comic Wheel, is very much speculative fiction. Oh, and yeah, it's, about, it's, it's about a very serious subject. Uh, and uh, certainly about, about what makes us human. Uh, right. And yeah. <laughs> and if you go back to some of the original, like uh, you know, Frankenstein things like that, my lord, that's not uh, that the was, lowest. That's some of the great fiction of all time. Yeah, and it was independently published too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I uh, never knew that. Yeah. <laughs> and Mary Shelley, yeah, she. So a lot of those, a lot of that type of fiction was wound up being, uh, and of course she was, uh, she was lucky because she was with some uh, uh, poets who were were very far minded, so she didn't have as much problem being around them, and was able to to you know get her book done. But um, it became a big classic. It's a huge classic, and it is speculative fiction. And people because, just don't yeah, want to call it that. <laughs> That's all. Right. They didn't call it that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but probably, if I don't, if I don't think of anything any sooner than that or earlier than that, but that would probably be considered maybe the first one. And thought about it. That's an interesting idea. I might have to research that and write about it. Yeah, that would be a great, great article or great uh a novel. What, what our what our first pick of the fiction writing was. That would be interesting to you just gave me a good idea. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think that for a genre to have legitimacy in people's eyes, one of the things it needs to have is yeah. a history. And I don't mean that it existed over time, I mean 
that it needs somebody to write and formulate that history. And then you see they, they present that paper at a conference or two, and then somebody writes it and puts, writes a paper and puts it into uh, one of the literary journals. And lo, lo and behold, all of a sudden, you have uh, validity. And, yep. you know, that's how, sadly, how often the the, the ideas come into, into uh, meaning in our society, they, uh, you know, because people have given them that imprimatur. Uh, and there's another idea, you know, uh, there's another type of speculative fiction right there where um, what happens in a society or in a world in which you need uh, approval, in which you have to have some kind of specific approval for each idea. And then you get into things like that great movie, uh, the great uh, book, we made into movie Brazil. Yeah, which Brazil is wonderful. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one. I think some of the speculative fiction uh, really shocks some people in some ways. Maybe that's why they shy away from it. Um, Twilight Green, for instance, was a very shocking movie at the time, oh, and it was very kind of. What a so, great. Uh, you know, and it could so, could so easily become reality. So <laughs> yeah. people get scared of that. Now, a few years ago, we had a play that was all over the place that was, in a way, just as just as, as brutal as your intent about what happens when the water supply is uh, controlled. Yeah, and of course we've we've seen that and we've seen that in science fiction several and for uh, decades ago. Because. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The fear of uh, you know, losing our water, or uh, you know, um, we we've had you know several movies and and a lot of novels based on this type of problem, this type of social issue. Uh, mm-hmm. Science fiction uh, writers have been able to write about these social issues where other genres have not been able to do that, and I think that's one reason why science fiction becomes more true to life. Is we we create things out of our minds, and you know, decades later, it comes true. Kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, right? and look but, at, you know, some ways it's good. Look, Technology. Right? That's right. And I, I look at the uh, look at Twilight Zone in um, Alfred Hitchcock. I mean, people loved those shows. They were yeah. very popular, and they certainly had much speculative fiction written into them. But like you yeah. said, they put it uh, under one genre. Horror. It is under like, birds, for instance, uh, by uh, Alfred Hitchcock was a speculative fiction. If you think about it, something happened to the birds that caused them to go crazy. So uh, we we've seen that a couple of times in in other uh, movies as well now. But he was one of the first ones that came up with that idea. And it was horrifying to us. <laughs> it was. I know. <laughs> Planet you know, of the at age. this point, I want to interrupt the flow of this discussion for a second to just remind okay. people that they can look for connotations. It's 
capital C-O-N, capital N-O-T-A-T-I-O-N-S, on Facebook. There's a fan page, a group page there, which I belong, by the way. And also, they can go on the web to the Central Arizona Science Fiction Society, .org, and then from that they'll find a tab for the magazine because that's the parent organization. And also I want to remind people that Leprechaun, which is the wonderful convention that we have here of all the speculative fiction types of all types, not only writing but art and things here in the Phoenix area, is spelled L-E-P-R-E-C-O-N, and that's .org, and they will be having their convention in Mesa uh, around Mother's Day of this coming year, and it's a wonderful time. If you have a re- want a reason to visit Phoenix, it's a wonderful time to visit. It's going to be well worth it. it. Yeah, yeah The people you'll meet, the connections you'll make, um, it's worth a trip there if you can possibly do it. Especially if this is your your genre, you know. I tell and you, the hotel so, the hotel is a decent price. It's only ninety nine dollars a night, so wow, we got a that, decent price. <laughs> yeah, that's well, wonderful. Well, for it's free because she can stay with me. There you go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I could. Huh? <laughs> I'm have to mark it on my calendar. Vacation next year. That would be crazy idea. to have you here. That'd be great. <laughs> Yeah, it would. I'd, I'd finally get to meet everyone. Um, gosh, Penny, uh, any um, final words? Uh, we're running out of time. We've got about yeah. two minutes left that you would like the uh, listeners to know. Well, we again, you know, I am always shooting for more people to write articles. Um, I We also write on science, so because science is part of science fiction. And... Uh, Book reviews again, yeah, you know, and any help we can get, great. And of course, we're always looking for advertisers. Definitely take a look at the website and find out how good a price that is for seven thousand people reading. Um, and I, I don't even have a clue yet how many we're getting online to read it, and so those numbers are handled by the web, web master. So uh, we're getting over seven thousand at this point. So that's uh, a good place to be. We have lots of content, um, and just not not enough. Not enough hours in the day to get everybody to do everything we can do. <laughs> okay, we so. encourage everyone to do your part if you're able. Um, just so happy that, Patty, you could be on the show. Uh, we've been wanting to get the word out about this for a long time. And like you said, it's time has come. Yeah. Okay, well, next week I need to announce that we'll be joined by R. Jeffries, Michael Rosenberg, and Rachel Popel. They're founders of 100,000 Poets for Change, and uh, this is a worldwide organization. So please tune in 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And I want to leave you with the words. Thank you, Patty. You've been wonderful. And everyone, remember... It Matters embraces humanity through the arts, books, and open communication. Take a stand. Let your voice be heard. Because as always on this show, it matters. Good night, all. Thank you so much, Patty. Thank you, Ken.
And that was It Matters Radio, and we were broadcasting from them uh, for a show that I had done uh, a couple months ago. wanted to be able to put that on here, so that way those who haven't heard this, this particular show will be able to do so right from uh, my website, right from our KWAD radio. So I guess you would call it a simulcast. Wouldn't that cool? So with that, that'd be our first simulcast. And if you have uh, would like to be able to do your show like that in order to benefit from our thousands of listeners, then definitely let me know. And we'll see whether or not the show will will be able to be aired. Now, of course, I also have no problem coming on to your radio show or onto your blog and actually doing a uh, a show with you. Talk about newspapers. Talk about writing. Talk about authoring. Uh, there's a lot of different things that we could talk about. Obviously, niche newspaper is one of my passions. Therefore, I talk a lot about that. So please let me know. You can get a hold of me here right on KWAD Radio. Or you can also get a hold of me on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash PJ period H-U-L-T-S-T-R-A-N-D. That's two T's. Don't forget it. That's how you can get a hold of me. Or you can also email me at P as in Patty, Holstrand, H-U-L-T-S-T-R-A-N-D, again, two T's, at yahoo.com. So with that, I'm going to say goodnight, and you guys have a have a terrific rest of the week. We are going to be showing, we've got another show on Wednesday, and that is with the Chronicles of the Hip Hop Legend. We're very excited to have them aboard because they've got a wonderful uh, teen magazine that they do with lots of uh, obviously great artwork and we'll be talking to them about why they got started in this project and what their plans are for the future that'll be Wednesday that's this Wednesday October 24th from 530 to 6:30 also on Friday this next this coming Friday um we will also be broadcasting again live with uh, Greg Lundberg and we're talking specifically this time on ebook for under $350. He's got a book out that he had actually, you know, did the ePub, uh, actually did the uh, ebook development on for under $350. So we were discussing uh, that and how he did that and how to, you know, some information from his book. So that's this Friday, the 26th, again, 5.30 to 6.30. We might go long, so I'm uh, allowing for uh, 90 minutes to 120, so it would be an hour and a half to two hours for those who want to call in. I would definitely do so if I were you. That's a great subject. If you have a book and you have not converted it to ebook yet, then you definitely need to listen in on that program. So with that, I'm gonna, not going to tell you about what's going on next week because next week doesn't matter right now. So with that, I'm going to say good night, and you guys have a great great rest of the week until Wednesday when we see each other again. This is K-Wad Radio and this is Patty Holstrand signing out. <laughs>